Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Believe in UCLA football podcast. We'll be here with a new episode for you right after this quick note. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events whether that's the NFL, the NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your reward. Again, promo code B-L-E-A-V. That spells BELIEVE. Bet online where the game starts. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Believe in UCLA Football Podcast. My name is James Williams, a reporter and editor for the Orange County Register, and I'm joined here, as always, by my co-host, Josh Woods, former UCLA linebacker. Josh, what's going on, man? Chilling, you know, ready for another UCLA dub, which I think is going to happen. And that's that's the game plan going forward. Obviously, in the last episode, we talked about the college football playoff rankings, um, and how all that Bruins got to do really is win and continue to do their part. They might need a little help, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, but they do have a game against ASU coming up this week. And, um, yeah, the quarterback, um, they, they've kind of we, – we were kind of talking about this a little bit off air. Um, you know, obviously, Jaden Daniels went to LSU um, during the offseason through the transfer portal a guy that we're both uh, familiar with to a degree um, played at uh, San Bernardino Cajon high school. He played at the Rose bowl against us uh, UCLA and, and led the sun devils to a victory in a game that I remember at the time had some huge stakes just in terms of UCLA. If they win that game, it keeps them like the second team in the South kept them competitive last year in that regard. Obviously, Obviously, it was still a successful season for the Bruins last year, but that was a game I think they needed to win. And it kind of falls in line with some of what I've been saying for this season. You got to win some of these games that you're supposed to be winning. That was one of those games. And uh, Jaden Daniels had different plans that night in the Rose Bowl. So he's now at LSU doing his thing. We'll probably talk a little bit about LSU here in a little bit and how Jaden Daniels still might be haunting UCLA this season a little bit, actually. But um, yeah, they have a new they had a new guy at quarterback to start the season with Emory Jones, who transferred in from Florida to ASU. He looked like he was going to be their guy through the He came through the transfer portal, uh, started a couple games for him. And then uh, things kind of started turning on him a little bit. He got um, removed, replaced. I, I'm trying to remember exactly how it happened. I don't I haven't really a, ASU hasn't really given anybody a reason to follow him that closely <laughs> unless you're a beat writer for the team. But. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure what happened, but Emory Jones is out. And Trenton Borgay, I don't know if he's French, but um, that's how you say the name as far as I know. Um, He is the guy who will be getting the start. Um, Former colleague of mine, Michelle Gardner, now working for the Arizona Republic out 
in Arizona um, is the beat writer for ASU. And she said that uh, Trenton was going to be the starter this week for the Sun Devils. Um, so UCLA is headed out there. Um, anything you were able to kind of make out of that quarterback situation, Josh? Anything that you saw or kind of read up on? I mean, when that when when Jones. they've been successful, yeah. When when Arizona State in particular had been successful, it seems mm-hmm. to have stemmed from um, Trenton Borgay mm-hmm. um, playing. Emory Jones is an experienced guy coming from Florida, but it just doesn't seem like he's able to, you know, manage games and and do what they need him to do. So. You know, one thing that can spark a change if energy shift, you know, is, you know, the pivot change in the season that can really spark something is a change in quarterback. Um, and it seems like they they felt it was time and he's been kind of lighting it up. Mm-hmm. Like I said in, in the wins versus UW and versus Colorado, um, he's had three touchdowns, interception in both games. He doesn't run the ball. Um, which mm-hmm. is could be a significant. You don't have to worry as much about him, you know, zone reads, um, RPOs where he's rolling out, you know, things of that nature. You can kind of, you know, get after him rushing mm-hmm. and uh, 5'11. So maybe, uh, you know, not the tallest guy. So, you know, getting, getting your hands up, you know, keep him in the pocket, keep it, you know, putting things in his face. Things of that nature are going to, help you say his defense win this game. So we'll see how, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I've, I've been a a team where you're going against a, you know, a kind of a quarterback change mm-hmm. and, who has nothing to lose remember, really. Right. <laughs> I, like I remember, uh, Khalil Tate's first action versus us. Um, he came mm-hmm. in late in the game and kind of like was a complete different energy shift for Arizona. We yeah. won that game, but I remember like a difference of him being in just how he's able to like ignite a fire behind a losing team. Mm-hmm. And then next year he has the same situation, but absolutely takes over and like sets the whole pack 12 on. Wasn't he know, like a- on the cover of like sports illustrated and like labeled like Heisman guy, like coming off of that yeah. or something. I remember something exactly. Like so yeah. sometimes, it, it, so, mm-hmm. sometimes all all somebody needs is one is one chance in a game, and it could really change your trajectory of a team season. Um, hopefully, this is not the case against UCLA. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. I wish him all the best of luck versus every other team they face this season, um, as they still have a chance to be bowl eligible, I believe. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's going to happen against the Bruins. I think. Um, you know, hopefully Bill McGovern's back, so he sends the dogs, yep. uh, Latu Latu, and the twins just wreak, <laughs> um, wreak havoc, and um, maybe they might have to put Emory Jones back in. Yeah. So, <laughs> so no, yeah, the, we might see Emory Jones anyways. No, um, to your point, you mentioned a lot of, of good stuff there, and just to, to back up some of what you said, here's what Chip Kelly had to say about Trenton kind of getting the start there. Um Chip's takeaway after kind of watching some film early on this week about ASU is he said that he uh, Trenton is pretty um, impressive to watch on TV and he's a really, really good decision maker. Um, The ball comes out of his hands pretty quick. Uh, He said in the two games that he did play against Washington and Colorado, uh, you try to blitz him and the ball and the ball is out before you can even get to him. He's got a really good understanding of what they're trying to do offensively. 
He throws a really, really accurate ball, but I think his strength is his decision-making. He seems like he made all the right decisions the other night in that game against Colorado. He threw an impressive, or he threw 435 yards the other night, and it was impressive to watch on film. So it's going to come down to our front and our coverage. We got to disrupt the timing because they play with great timing. They played with great timing the other night, and that's a thing you've really got to be conscious about. Um, we've got to disrupt the routes, and we've got to generate a pass rush. That's pretty much everything Josh said. <laughs> I did I did not hear that before I said what I, I said. Because I was going to ask you, but I didn't want to stop you. I was like, keep going, Josh. Go ahead. Because I was like, Chip Kelly said all the same things. Um, no, I, Josh did not because I because I, I kind of told him, hey, there's like a quarterback situation that we should keep an eye on. And um, he was not aware of what Chip Kelly said. So this is why you listen to the podcast, folks, because if Chip Kelly doesn't tell you or you didn't listen to it, you got Josh here. Josh has your back, man. So make sure you guys are subscribing, downloading, listening and telling all your friends. Make sure you tell your Arizona State friends, too, because he, Josh is going to tell you what you need to know when UCLA comes to town. Um, so. Now that we got that out of the way, it should be a good matchup. Um, I think the boys on defense are going to be hungry. They're going to be playing inspired ball with Bill McGovern back. Um, yeah, it should be a good one. And I think um, some people have mentioned it before, but it's the revenge tour for UCLA. They're going around and 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 knocking down some doors. And um, now that they're now that they're on the upswing, getting back at some of these teams that were kind of a pain in the butt for them. Arizona State being one of them, um, they're always kind of a tough team for the Bruins to play. So. Um, the game is in Tempe. My only concern about this game, Josh, is that it's a road game, right? They're one and one on the road. I mean, you beat Colorado on the road. Um, you you played Oregon. Uh, things didn't go the way that you want. It was like the fifth largest crowd at Autzen Stadium. Um, but the thing is, is like for Arizona State, it's 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 just because it's going to break UCLA out of whatever routine they have had because they've had so many home games that you're just so comfortable at home. The only thing that can potentially derail you, I mean, I'm not trying to disrespect the talent at ASU, but um, it's just what UCLA does on the road. And actually, Josh, uh, we're going to get into some questions here, but I have a question for you. When you, if, I don't know if you're a superstitious player or you have a routine down or or you, or you if you had some teammates that were like heavy on, like they needed to do certain things. How How much does that change on the road? Like, do you see guys who like, like it just messes everything up for them when they have to get on the road. And like, I don't know how, like how do superstitions or anything play when you, when you kind of get pushed out onto the road? I wouldn't say superstitions, but I think it's just a, a mentality and mindset of just having, you know, a routine that just keeps you afloat, you know, mm -hmm. keeps you level headed, you know, just the way you go about things on the road is a business trip. This isn't a vacation, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think I got, you know, better as i got older of that of as far as like i remember when i was younger like i was just happy to be <laughs> happy to be on the plane right yeah i was just happy to be i remember because there were times where i was traveling and it, it was mm -hmm. a vacation for me because like i knew <laughs> i wasn't gonna get in the game right. like right you know I, I was just you know enjoying the trip mm -hmm. um and i had like sideline tickets that's how i was treating it. but as soon as i started getting older and you know playing <laughs> then you got to start you know right we used to uh with coach Moore, as soon as we landed, we'd go straight to the stadium, walk around, get a feel for the field. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so that's the thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, like some coaches do and some coaches. I don't, just, yeah. You know? Yeah. It can vary. Yeah. 
So I know one thing more is like, yeah, go get, you know, we go, you walk around the whole field. Um, you want to see where your clocks are, you know, mm. where your play clock is, where right. your, you know, where the scoreboard, where the timer is, that type of thing. You want to kind of see that. Um, but more, we used to kind of have a little fun too. They used to have a little throwing competition, um, which Jerry Neuheisel was really good at. If you try to, <laughs> you keep, you keep moving it back, I think five or 10 yards and you try to throw and hit the goalpost. Um, it used to be like a, a big thing. Um, mm. But yeah, we didn't, with Chip, we'd go straight to the, to the hotel and um, majority of the time he'd give us the, I'm pretty sure we didn't have meetings until the next day. So a lot of times, I mean, it's just like, uh, some of those are my, 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 uh, I'm gonna say my most fun, my most memorable moments were like just mm-hmm. with the guys, you know, at these trips. Cause like a lot of times we're like, I guess stuck in these, you know, hotel, yeah. like we might, there's there's like rarely ever things kind of like to do in mm-hmm. just that night around, you know, right. Where you're limited and, you know, a little per diem we get wasn't much. So a lot do, of times do they give you just, a chance to, they do give you a chance to kind of go do something or like with, with more, we couldn't leave the hotel with chip. You could leave the hotel. So it's like, again, it depends on which coach you have and um, how they go about oh, that. Okay. The freedom that they give, because, like you've seen, um, Example, Deion Sanders with Jackson State after the death of RP Takeoff, uh rapper mm-hmm. for the Migos. Um, they're playing in Houston and mm-hmm. Takeoff was just killed in Houston this week. And he said he told them, You guys are not allowed to leave the hotel. Right. Um, while could while we while we play this weekend. So it's like some coaches will let you kind of like wander you not not wander around, but right. like kind of, you know, discover, you know, things around you. But like you're other, there, other like take it in, take in the city. You, yeah. Like, this is business. Yeah. Other mm-hmm. folks want you to, you're locked in. Like we're not here to do anything, but win this game. Right. So, you know, but, but like I said, it comes a routine of what you need, you know, are you, you know, you're in a hotel or you do need an Epsom salt the night before. You right. Know. Right. How some people you, have like these set... favorite meals. They need to have a burger the night, two days before the game or whatever. Like some people are like how, how you set up your room, like the, mm-hmm. the air condition, like, we used to call it making a bat cave where you make the room as cold and as dark as possible. You, you know, you, you make sure the blackout uh, blinds the curtains, and the yeah. curtains are, are all like pressed up against the wall tight. Mm-hmm. So no air, no light is peeking through. You might put a tower in front of your, uh, your door to your block in the, the hallway light. You're is this just so you the- can, is this just so you can go to like to forge yourself to sleep or there's things. So this is, you can get the best sleep possible. You can hit all your rims and you can, right. you know, they would tell us to unplug, like, like the extreme was like unplug electronics, unplug the clock, like Damn. to, you know, do all, you know, the air condition now, like used to, air condition as low as possible. They used to give us these, uh, blue light blocking glasses that we, that we'd wear. Right. Um, and like, they kind of work though. Cause you do start getting a little tired, but it's just like doing everything possible to be as ready as you can the next day. So, I mean, when you kind of have all these things, in, you know, in place and it, it becomes routine, then you just, you're, you're honest, like I said, you're the next day, you're going to be feeling as good as possible, hydrated, mm-hmm. energetic, ready to go. There's, so I wouldn't say a superstition. I think it's, it's more like the science of it. Right. Right. Well, cause for me, I'm just like, cause I've thought about this several times, like, cause just me, like sometimes the, tr- cause I got to wake up early just to get to practice and beat out the traffic, LA traffic and stuff. And I'm like. I struggle to go to sleep sometimes. And I'm just like, I can't imagine being amped up for a game 
And like, that's all I'm thinking about. Like, how do you not think about your plays? How do you not, how do you not let yourself like, not, like, how do you guys go to sleep? Cause I would just be so like thinking over plays, situations. Like I would just be so, I'd be up late. My, like even my coach now says, you know, if, if, if you're, if you don't have any type of stress, that's also as much of a problem as having yeah, too much right. stress. You want to have like the right level of stress. But right. like, I mean, in college, I was like, yeah, if you're not ready now, we off this plane, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, you, you're not, you're not ready. Right. What'd you do so a just, week? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think if you're, if you're you know, like that, unless it's like maybe like the national championship, the playoffs or the Pac-12 championship or something like mm -hmm. that, then I, mean, I could understand like, Right, you being riled up and like thinking about the game like that much, but I mean a real, a real you know athlete mm -hmm. and kind of pro at it and understands the importance of of sleep. And this goes to the thing that we were talking about about having a early kickoff towards a night kickoff mm -hmm. of being able to sleep in, so that kind of doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? If you have an yeah. early game, then okay. Then it's like, dang, I need to be asleep by this time to get this, this amount of sleep because I know I have to wake up this time. Right. But when you have a later game, you're probably That's, gonna have later meetings. So like, I'd love just... a, I'd love a late game. Sign me up because I'm like, because I know I can't sleep. So let me sleep in. I think Kaz Allen said he slept in a little bit, um, because they had the late late game last week. But yeah, it's just like, because when you got that late game, then it's like, okay, I know breakfast is, you know to this time i've seen to wake up before breakfast ends mm -hmm. but then there's going to be those guys as soon as breakfast starts they're there you know so right. it, it all depends on how you what makes you feel the best yeah no no uh no doubt about it um while we're on the topic of questions uh, good buddy on twitter Kanal lamar had a question for you he asked this on the twitter spaces make sure you check out the twitter spaces um on tw obviously on twitter we do them uh on mondays at five o'clock pacific time follow me at jw reporter i host those make sure you go check it out um but canal lamar asked a question um something i guess just that came to mind for him that he wanted to ask you was about like kind of setting the edge uh, maybe what is asked of um of the defensive lineman maybe in that situation or just what does setting the edge mean when someone says that because coaches like will kind of say that sometimes oh we got to set the edge and stuff what, what does that mean? So setting the edge, is, I mean, it's like not letting anything go outside of you, but like the, the, like that you can, you can kind of set the edge without really setting the edge. So like when they say good setting the edge is establishing the edge. That doesn't mean just being outside. That means posting up the end, end line, man, um, mm -hmm. not letting them move you anymore and forcing the ball to be cut back or forced vertically. Um, because you can be one hand on the O lineman or tight end and one right. hand outside and be getting washed all the way to the sideline and be like, I didn't lose contain, but you <laughs> didn't you didn't set the edge. So right, setting right. setting the edge is you know, you know, vertically posting up the end man mm -hmm. and not letting anything go outside of where you are setting and establishing that line at, you know, right. Making them cut right inside of you. Um and me playing a lot of outside linebacker. In my time, you said like that was one of the most fun things that I got to do because I was like, I always always tell like Lil Kenny and them, I'm gonna set this edge right here. If you want to <laughs> make a tackle, be it come to the C gap because the ball is gonna cut right here. If you don't want to make the tackle and get paid, that's on you. <laughs> but, but the ball is not gonna go outside of me. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So yeah, so you're, it's it's all about keeping the inside like is the ball carrier like just right is is that what it is? Not letting 
like if if this is you, nothing like everything's yeah. seen with inside the line. So post, yeah, posting posting up in let's like is like I said, there's interesting having having contained and setting the edge. Right, right. So I mean, it's technique of going, you know, two arm post to one arm, setting your hips down, sinking, and you know, holding up alignment, which, um. I was taught by by older guys, my like my earlier first years of the technique how to do it, and it's like just become routine in my mind how to do that now. Gotcha. But that's what it means. Good stuff. There you go, Kanalamar. Uh, Josh gave you the answer. Um, there were some other questions here. Um, I sent them to you, so hold on, I got them here. Um, oh, that's not you. Hold on. Um, so one of them was. We kind of talked about, so we already kind of answered one. It was from um, good buddy JT UCLA underscore geek. He asked, "What are, uh, what is, uh, what is it about this ASU at or UCLA at ASU matchup uh, that tips in Arizona's fa- Arizona State's favor?" I think maybe we kind of answered that already with the quarterback and maybe uh, a little bit of the unknown. Maybe there's not enough film out on them on him yet. He played two games, obviously. One of them was against Colorado. So say what you will about about Colorado. Um, but maybe there's something to it, though. I mean, offense is obviously UCLA had its way with uh, Washington's defense. But I mean, Washington's a ranked team. I mean, or they were. So it's, I would say that's a that's a good little win for for the guy coming in the way he did. So um, I think that kind of answered that question. Uh, there's no one else that really stands out to me on ASU that. They necessarily need to be worried about. I think there's a lot of familiar guy, a lot of guys that they're familiar with because DTR rattled off some guys and he said, like, oh yeah, like this guy was here last year. This guy was like there were still some guys last year, even though there was some sort of turnover. Um, but I don't know. Was there anything, anything for you, Josh? Anything that stands out? I'm not even familiar who like who their leading tackler is or anything like that. It's just it's just kind of I different. Know one guy that I know, so, so Merlin Robinson, linebacker. Oh dang, he's still uh, that name's familiar. I didn't know he was still there. Uh, from Sarah, yeah, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's sitting there holding down their uh defense. Other than that, not. Nah, I mean, I just think you know, Usually has to come out and mm-hmm. the three headed monster needs to you know do it, do what yeah. they do. Pretty much, and, and I- defense get some get some stops, stop the pass. You know, get some sacks, get some pressure. And I think that's the recipe for a win. You know what? I was in the car earlier and I was actually thinking about that. And I want to look it up. I think what whatever the D, UCLA's D, I don't know if they've done in every game, but when defense creates turnovers or you're getting a Darius Moasso interception, John John Bond's getting an interception, like that's good. Like UCLA is winning those games. They didn't yes. have a turnover against Oregon. I think like, I don't want to say that's the difference in the game. But maybe it is right um, because I mean, you you had the onside kick, you steal possession. Oregon scores on that one, right? Outside mm-hmm. of that, like part of what UCLA does defensively is they get that's how they get extra possessions is they get those turnovers and put the ball back in on their in their offense's hands. And again, if it's a two score game, that onside kick is one of them. Maybe the UCLA's defense not being able to get one of these turnovers is also the difference. Like could also be seen as the difference in the game. Um, that's that's one of the analytics that coaches focus on mm-hmm. is if you win the turnover battle, yeah, you're you have a higher percentage of winning the game. Cause I mean that's stealing a possession that and that mm-hmm. that can create swings, you know what I'm saying? Of you know, it could be a tie game, you score a touchdown, get an interception, score, that's a 14 point swing. You know, certain things like that where where you just 
completely changed the game, grabbed the momentum, and right. you know. So winning winning the turnover battle definitely helps you. And like I said, that Oregon game, we're gonna keep talking about it, but they just had the perfect game. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? They yeah, had one they, turnover, they, did. they had the, the onside kick. But other than that, like it wasn't like UCLA couldn't score. Well, they, they couldn't they weren't scoring touchdowns. They weren't scoring touchdowns, but part of it is they weren't but getting like, on the field. That score versus another team, almost every other team in the Pac-12 was probably a win. But you could have um, done that against Stanford. You didn't need to have DTR on the field. <laughs> exactly. Just saying chip. I'm just saying, uh, give the man a rest. But no, no, I, you're right. You're you're right about that. you could maybe maybe not now because Colorado's a little further along. But for the first conference opener game, you could have kind of just kicked field goals on Colorado and probably messed around and won. Um, question from Jesse Garcia, who says, which which trap game concerns you more? The Arizona, not Arizona State, but Arizona before the USC game or the Cal game to finish the season after the USC game. So uh, the games uh, before and after the USC game, is it Cal at the end or is it Arizona before um, the USC game? I think because Arizona has given people a kind of a run that that it won't be the track game. Because I think that they will okay. be like, okay, Arizona's not that bad. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna have to come out and, and do this. I think the Cal game is the trap game, especially UCLA coming off of a win versus SC. Cal will be the yeah. the the trap game because guys will might get comfortable because Cal's not that good, and you just need to win that game. And yeah. I've, UCLA fans, if you've been a fan <laughs> in the past decade, you have seen that happen. You've mm-hmm. you've seen a last game, whether it's Cal, Stanford, some USC usually, games, yeah. But it, it's usually Cal or Stanford for that last game That's of the true. year, and it and it matters. And you know, I remember one year I think like UCLA was like really good, and Stanford wasn't that good. And it was the last game of the year, is after Thanksgiving, and they lose. And it was like UCLA probably would have went to the Pac-12 championship. Like mm-hmm. it would have been a whole different trajectory of the year and end of the year trap game. So I think it's going to be Cal. It could be Cal, and that like yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that because um, there could be a lot at stake. Like again, you beat USC, and then you're kind of in the driver's seat. There's not a whole lot you can do wrong to not be in the Pac-12 championship game if you beat USC. Other than maybe lose to Cal, depending on how some of the other teams play out and what the scenarios are in that final week. For me, before you even kind of said that, and when Jesse asked this question a couple of days ago, and I thought about it and I started answering it, I said Arizona because I'm not because I know DTR and them they're going to score, but I think Arizona is also going to be scoring, and I think for them they're they're they may run the ball, but. I think they don't have a problem playing, you know, it doesn't, if DTR is scoring on them, I don't think there's a problem with Arizona. There's confidence there that they can just throw the ball too and continue to keep the game close if needed to. Um, so that's, that's the thing for me is, is they have a, an established offense and they have like two they of have the coach best. That, well, they have coach fish, but then they have two of the best receivers. Um, I think in the conference this year, just in general, but tell me about coach fish. What, what, what is it? I mean, we can, we can wait because that's that's next okay. week. That's true. That's true. We'll save that for next week. We'll write that one down. Um, but I I was thinking it was Arizona 
but you do kind of have me convinced a little bit. I think, I think my mindset was, is like, they need to win every game. And they, the, the reason is they shouldn't look ahead. So if, if you, you shouldn't be looking ahead at Arizona, especially because I think, like you said, Arizona's established enough, at least for me, offensively that maybe they should be aware. They will be aware of that, but I think that there's still things that can happen there. And Jaden Delora can just, um, when he's good, he's good. Like that, that's just the thing. And, how the how they how the UCLA defense will respond to um um explosive plays if they happen, right? I think that's the biggest thing for me. Um another thing, real quick. So one thing that I love about Twitter, um, aside from the Elon Musk stuff, um, we'll 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 say that for another day. But um why I love Twitter right now at the moment is we have a UCLA sports community, um, and a lot of the fans and a lot of these guys that are asking questions are a part of that. Um, and, and one thing that I like about it is um, some of the guys that are in the spaces, but I'm, I'm bringing it up right here. Um, so one of them is is Jack. Um, his, his username is Jack Fernan underscore 07, if, I'm, if I have that right. But if you go to the sports community, you can find him in there on the U, U, uh, UCLA sports community. But he did all of us a favor and kind of laid out who you need to be rooting for this week. If you're a UCLA fan in the college football playoff ranking, like in the college football playoff scenarios, like he gave us a guide. So I'm going to read it off. And and that way, everyone kind of knows where Jack stands. And and I, I kind of looked and back check, like checked some of what he was saying, like just from a positioning standpoint. And a lot of it made sense. So um, and I will forward this to you, Josh, just so you can kind of have it, too, if you want to follow along or just so you have it for reference. Um but so Jack says, if you're a UCLA fan, here's some teams you should be rooting for. You should be rooting for Washington, Texas Tech, Oregon, USC, and Utah, as crazy as that sounds. You should also be rooting for Tennessee, Texas, Bama, and Notre Dame. Um, he gave a few reasons why. So I'll read those off here as well. Um, he says, Washington will likely replace Oregon State in... Okay, so he says he thinks Washington will beat Oregon State which I think could be possible because those are, for me, those are the two teams that have kind of been in the middle of the Pac-12. And and I think they at certain points it could have gone either way. So I, I I don't know if I would have Oregon. Like, I think Oregon and Washington, Oregon State and Washington will be a close game, but he's giving Washington the edge here. So Oregon State, I think, was number 23 in the college football ranking. So I think he's thinking if Washington beats Oregon State, Washington will move into the top 25, which I think could be extremely possible and would of course help UCLA because UCLA has already beaten Washington. Um, so that will strengthen the schedule there that much more for UCLA. Um, he says it will also help us in the tiebreaker for the PAC 12 championship game. That's true. Um, and then he says, Texas tech needs to give TCU a loss. TCU is undefeated this season. So it would be a tough ask, but if TCU can get the job done, then that's great. Um, he said, we need Oregon, USC, and Utah um, to have as high as ranking as possible uh, for our resume. And unfortunately, we have to root for them to win. So, yes, you do have to root for those Pac-12 teams. But, again, you want Utah to continue winning because it strengthens that. You want USC to be um, on a roll still going into that game. And then Oregon, obviously, will continue to do its thing, and you just don't want them to slip up. Um, Kansas State is is one spot above UCLA. So unlike the AP poll, you have 
Um, let me read the rankings here. So you have Oregon at eight. You have USC at nine. You have LSU at 10. Remember I mentioned Jaden Daniels earlier and, and how he's still kind of in this mix haunting UCLA. And then you have Ole Miss at 11 and then UCLA 12. Oh, and then Kansas State is 13. Um, so I'll get to LSU in a minute. But Kansas State is 13. So you need, uh, he's saying, so, okay. So he said Kansas State is one under UCLA in the college football rankings and they play Texas this week. So you want Texas to win to make Kansas State less of a threat, right? So that makes sense. And then he says, L oh, here, and this was the other debate. He said, LSU should not be in the top 10. Are they in the top? Yeah, they're number 10. He said, LSU should yeah. not be in the top 10 in the first place, Um, but they have to lose to get out of the top 10. So that's true, which means the rolling tide. Yeah, because Alabama and LSU played this week, I think. Um, Yeah, is that true? Yeah. They may play, and I mean, and I had to look it up and remember. <laughs> They're like, but so yeah. So one, I want to see how Jaden Daniels is going to do, Josh. I want to see how they do against how he does against Alabama, because it can go one or two ways. He'll either look impressive, or they'll gobble him up, one or the other. Um, so curious to see how Jaden Daniels will do. Um, but again, um. Yeah, a lot of people are like, where did this even come from? Why is LSU like ranked ahead, et cetera, et cetera? So there's that. Um, and then obviously you want Tennessee to stay number one. Um, so it can keep as many SEC teams out of the out of the um final four teams there. Obviously, they play Georgia this week. Um and then Notre Dame needs to knock off Clemson. And that will help the Stanford win, but then that will also help strengthen your schedule if you have Notre Dame going in and playing U uh, USC there later this season too. So you want Notre Dame to continue to look good. Um, and then he said, oh, and then the fun fact that I also heard earlier was that no number three team and no team that starts number three in the in the college football playoff rankings has made the playoff. So whoever the number three team is always finds a way to stumble. And fall out. And right now, I think that's Ohio State. Or no, that's Georgia. I think. Yeah, that's Georgia. Wow, that'd be that'd be interesting. I was thinking it was Ohio State. Um, so that'd be interesting. And again, um, one thing that I one thing I wrote I wrote about um briefly, Josh was, and I mentioned it before. Michigan is at number five. So if Michigan, let's say Michigan loses to Ohio State, then they're probably definitely out of the Final Four. And that can mean UCLA and Michigan in the Rose Bowl, potentially. And you get the matchup that we were denied earlier this season when everyone was saying the non-conference schedule was weak. Part of that was because Michigan backed out. Um, so I think that'd be fun to kind of get Michigan and UCLA in there. Um, but I don't know if you do you have the college football rankings open in front of you or do you want me to send it to you real quick? We just have a couple minutes, but I just I just took it down. Okay. Well, was there any was there anything to you that uh stood out or that you just just not even involving UCLA, but that you thought was kind of fun or interesting for me? Like for me, I like seeing Tennessee number one just because it's something different. It's just a different team, even though it's the SEC. Like, and I like that there's potential for both Alabama and Georgia in a way to not be in it because that's really what you need. Is you need you just need some. I mean, I'm okay with the Ohio State. But you just need some new blood. Yeah. Like, like you're not gonna get four completely new teams. But one, I'm just a little tired of Alabama. I mean, it's just it, one; they're just kind of not exciting to watch. 
kind of boring in a way, but I don't know. Just what well, what are your just what are your thoughts in general? Like for me, Clemson's another one because DJ. I don't know if DJ starting or not. He got he got benched against uh, Syracuse, and then they had a bye week. So I don't know what they did during the bye week. Did they let the true freshmen kind of get more reps, or did DJ get back on track? That's something I'm looking forward to. My um, thing is, this is all just, you know, you're not buying any of it. Politics and it just right now doesn't matter. I mean, because you know, SEC is going to get SEC is always going to get the the benefit of the doubt when it comes mm-hmm. to any ranking. Um, you see it with LSU being higher than than UCLA, even higher than 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 Ole Miss. Yeah, so, a, a lot of people were complaining that Alabama was ahead of TCU because TCU is is undefeated. Uh, they're the lowest ranked undefeated team. Yeah, lowest ranked undefeated team, uh, TCU. Um, I mean, sure, you could say Alabama lost to Tennessee, who's number one. But, I mean, if TCU's undefeated, the thing is right now, like, still, yeah. go ahead. There's so many undefeated teams, but some of them are going to lose. So it's not like you're going to have a cutoff where some undefeated teams aren't going to make it in. But they're just trying to be different than the AP, like I said. They, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to care when UCLA wins the Pac-12 championship, and that's when I'll care. Yeah, when it comes down UCLA to the is 11, If UCLA is, is 12-1, and one, mm-hmm. they better be in the playoff. The stat is, I, I think just in general, I hear this on the Pac-12 shows a lot on SiriusXM, is a one-loss conference champion has only been denied a spot in the playoff once. And that's when there was three undefeated teams. So, I mean, I guess the other team that did get into that was probably another one loss team, a one loss conference champion. But if you usually if you win your conference championship and you only have one loss, you're usually going to be in. So right now, again, that's why UCLA still controls their own destiny. If you continue to win all your games and then you win the conference championship game, which would mean beating Oregon more likely than not, then you're in. As they should be. As they should be. So there's still a chance for UCLA to be in it. It's slim, and you need help. That's why I like Jack's guide here, because he's really kind of telling you, like, all the dominoes that you kind of need to fall the the way that they do um, in order to continue to strengthen and keep UCLA looking good. You know, the college football playoff committee says that, like, this ranking here, Josh, what they have here, they throw it completely in the trash. And we'll look at every team again, brand new and have a completely new, fresh ranking without having referring back to their other one, which I don't necessarily believe. But because, I mean, you need something to base it off of. But I think but I I at least so here as we again, as we wrap things up, Josh, one takeaway for me was. I thought UCLA because they're number 10 in the AP poll, I feel like them being 12 here in the college football playoff ranking is a result of the non-conference schedule and maybe the Oregon loss in a, in a way, but I think that's where the non-conference schedule is haunt comes to haunt them a little bit. But again, you're still like a ranked team. Like you're not, they didn't dismiss that. Um, But I like that. They, I took this as they looked at UCLA's body of work up to this point of the season. After the Stanford game and everything after that, or everything before that, and said this is a top twelve team, and so I'll, I'll give them credit for that. Like they got it right. 
then and I think there's a lot of respect for the Pac-12. They got um Oregon, not eight, nine is USC. Again, UCLA is 12, Utah is 14, and then Oregon State is 13. And again, or is 23, excuse me. Um, so yeah, it's just good to see some some love for the Pac-12, Josh. Um, we'll get on out of here. Um, I know you have a, a playoff game to get ready for, so we wish you the best of luck for that. And a special thank you to everyone listening to the Believe in UCLA Football Podcast presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.